Thanks so much, Pastor Debbie and Pastor Glenn, for having me here and the team. Um, in addition to wandering the halls, I, I uh, do some creative work at National Office and uh, bring greetings. A big hello from David Wells, your general superintendent. Um, and uh, yeah, he says a big hi. And it's just great to be here with all of you. Uh, many new faces, which is really exciting, and some of the uh, uh, older, familiar faces that, that we uh, uh, grew to love while we were here, and so a big hello too from uh, Diana and Isabel and Judson. They uh, they love all of you and uh, send their greetings as well. Um, so home improvement today. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak from just in case I forget to mention it later. The title. Those of you that in, are into titles and series and message number two uh, or three. Uh, this one is called building his house. Home improvement, building his house. And uh, if you'll let me, I just want to read a little bit from the the scripture today. And uh, we'll get right into it. So from Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, I, a prisoner, uh, uh, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, there is one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all and living through all. However, he has given each of you, each of us, a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Now these, these are the gifts of Christ that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, I'm down to verse 11 here, the apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you again with just open hearts this morning that you're here with us I think it was Pastor Nathan that encouraged us, Lord, this morning. Your words to us are around breakthrough today, that you are here to break through. The, the thing that we've been waiting for, God, you're here to do it today, Lord. I believe that you have just touched this service with your presence today for that reason. So come, Holy Spirit. We invite you to speak to us today as we read the scripture, as we talk about it. Holy Spirit, illuminate it to us. Just as we've come, Lord, with, with our faults, just as this passage already has said, the faults that we might have or the areas that you want us to grow in, would you speak? Would you bring life? Would you inspire us today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, it's just so great to be here. It's like coming home uh, on some level. And I really have to say to, to all of you, um, faith has done so much uh, for me, the church faith, not just my faith in the Lord, but all of you. And the church is really people, right? It's really people. It's relationships. And God works through that. And so Diana and I, we, we look back at our time here just so grateful. And it continues to change our lives and shape us. And so we love you all. And today, uh, you know, so, some of you will be in on this and you'll know a little bit about me. And you know that I love to work with my hands. You know, I, I love to to just get a get a piece of wood and and really understand what it's what it's wanting to, what's going on? I mean, I do. I love to, to get a piece of it or whatever material I'm working with and really uh, figure out what it's trying to say, you know, and release the potential of that, that material. And, and uh, recently with, with Isabel, I mean, I know you don't believe this, but it's true. I was with my daughter and we were, we were coming up with this design. Isabel loves to, to uh, craft and build things. And so she wanted this bookshelf. So we were working on, on building this bookshelf and thinking about how to do it and unpacking this really amazing design from the Ikea box. 
you, you almost got there, but you weren't really prophetic, Pastor Glenn. You were just, you, were, you almost were, but not quite. So we were unpacking it from the Ikea box. And, uh, and you know, we get building this thing. And we're in the thick of it, and I don't know if you guys can relate to this, but now that there's Ikea here in Halifax, you probably can. You know, we get building it, making it happen, and then we realize we made a mistake. And then you got to kind of figure out how do, we, how do we pull it apart again without destroying it. We did that, and then we get going. We're almost done, and uh, we're putting the back on, and just, you know, it had to drive a few nails in, and I'm driving these nails in. And then Isabel says, Dad, Dad, you know, Dad. And I'm like, what, what's, what's going on? Um, don't you want to use the hammer? <laughs> I was just using the screwdriver to pound a few nails in. Who cares, right? It's like, here, just get it done. And, uh, you know, but isn't that how we're, we approach church sometimes a little bit? Uh, we have, you know, different tools, different giftings in our life, and we get pushed to do it this way or that way. Or sometimes we're shaping ourselves to, to do something we're not quite called or gifted to because we don't think that it, uh, the callings and gifts that are in our life are that worthy or that great. And so we try to force ourselves to be a, a screwdriver when we're meant to be a hammer. We force ourselves into this role. Or, or I don't know if this has happened to you, but somebody in leadership tries to sort of get you into doing something this way when really you're called to do it that way. Or, or maybe you want to be a part of that crowd like these great builders here at Faith, man, for four years, five, whatever the years were that I was here. I wanted to be Curtis, but I'm just, look at me. I'm not meant to be Curtis. And the more I came to understand who I am in Christ, the more I can fulfill the call of God on my life to be a part of his church. And the, the scripture tells us and shows us that to be the church, we all have to come together. We all have a part to play. But if we all try to be the hammer or we all try to do it one way, it just doesn't work. We're not what God wants us to be. And if I just paid attention to the instructions in the Ikea box, I mean, there's even a picture of a hammer. <laughs> I would have had all the right tools there to do the job. But, but sometimes we read the instructions like we just did, right? Like we read them, but then we don't live by them. We actually don't do life by them. We, we read them. We give them some mental assent and then we don't necessarily live by them. It's like this just in this passage that we're reading today. It says, walk worthy of your calling in verse 1. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. You know what's interesting about that, that, that idea there? Be patient. We understand that. Like, just let that sink in. Be patient with one another. You know, from the bottom of my heart, this church and the churches that we've been privileged to be a part of, have, it's been a reciprocal thing, changing our lives as much as we got to contribute. And faith was a part of that. It's, it's a household of faith. It's a family. And sometimes... Um, sometimes it even supersedes the, the, the family that God has blessed us with, like our, our, the family at home or the blood family that we might have. Maybe the church is really all the family you do have. And if that's you, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes this is more than, than anything else. And so we got to slow it down and just think about this passage in the context of the church, humbling ourselves toward one another, being gentle with each other, being patient. Wow, that's one right there, you know, and... 
the band isn't doing what you want them to do, or the so-and-so did this, or the color of the wall of the whatever. You know, all, we're, we're the same as churches. There, there are things, and, but are we patient with that? Are we patient with each other? But this one, making allowance for each other's faults. The presupposition there is there will be faults. I am definitely not perfect, and there's a big amen here for that. But neither are you. We are all broken vessels being perfected by God, line upon line, precept upon precept, right? That's what the Bible talks about. We're a work in progress. One day our hope is in Jesus. He is going to return and everything will be set the way it should be. But until that time, we are a work in progress. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to be perfect. We can't be. And he's working on our behalf. But then how much grace should we extend one another as we are about doing God's work, right? Making allowance for each other's faults. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. So the first point there is walk worthy of the calling. And verse 2 tells you how to do that. Be humble, be gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. The second thing that comes out of this passage for me, the second thought is this, that we each have special gifts. Ephesians 4, 4 says it. We just read it. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, there is one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all who is over all. However, so even though there's one, even though we're united, even though we're the same, even though God is in everything and through everything, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Jesus Christ. It's a big however there because the God of everything is saying, I'm in everything, I'm through everything. There is one this and there is one that, these important things, one faith, one spirit. But even so, I have chosen to sow into you unique design and purpose. And the church is not fulfilled unless you come and you're a part of it and you bring what you've been uniquely designed to do. This idea of gifts here, sometimes in our Pentecostal churches or in the evangelical church, we talk about the spiritual gifts a lot. And we should because there are spiritual gifts that God gives us and they're miraculous. But this passage is talking about that, but the original language leaves enough room there that it's, it's twofold. It's the spiritual gifts and it's also who you are. Your natural talents, like my ability to work with wood. No, but Curtis is, I mean, I'm picking on Curtis a little bit. Everybody might not know Curtis, but I know a lot of you do know Curtis. He leverages his gifts and abilities for the church, renovating the bathrooms. Nate's up here leveraging his gifts for the church, using those creative gifts. Thank God he isn't using other gifts that he doesn't have, because it would be not good. Like when I try to build things, it just doesn't go well. God wants us to come together to bring our talents, our abilities, the things that we love and are passionate about. Stop trying to be somebody you're not meant to be. The Lord gives us permission. We don't have to fit another mold. He has made us to be who we are. He has given us the talents, the interests, the abilities, the passions. And then, yeah, the spiritual gifts when we need that supernatural power to do what he's called us to do. When we're weary and tired and all of a sudden we get a second wind to do what God has called us to do. Those gifts, that word of knowledge to understand there's something else going on here. And the Lord lets us know about that. He gives us all of these things to empower us in our unique design to fulfill his calling through the local church. 
through the local church. And that's why the first point is so important, because there comes conflict and challenge, because you get someone who builds things and somebody who doesn't, and there's going to be some conflict, because I don't know how that's really supposed to happen. And so then this idea of being humble becomes really important. The idea that I don't know everything. I, I said it. I don't, I don't know everything. Diana in India right now is saying, amen. <laughs> she doesn't even know why. But we have, to, we have to be humble. We have to be humble in this thing, in this journey that we're on together. Each one of us has assigned, each one of us has been assigned by him a particular gift to be used for the good of the whole. See, this passage is also about this idea of unity, how we be united, but how we also preserve the diversity of who we are. And I love, that's what I love about faith. It, there's, it's just diverse. It's diverse ethnically. People with different journeys, different countries coming together. But not only that, interests and talents and abilities, educational backgrounds. There's so much variance and it's beautiful. A beautiful, beautiful reflection of who God is even. And how much more can then this local body be leveraged by God through his spirit to touch this city in amazing ways? But we got to get this this bit of instructions into our heart, not just our heads, but our hearts, so we live it out. We're each assigned a particular gift to be used for the good of the whole. Third thought this morning that emerges from this passage for us are the gifts that God gives to the church. So earlier we're talking about all of us as in the church, the gifts that the Lord has sown into us as individuals. But then Paul talks about the gifts that God has put into the church for us collectively, for our collective good. And he says this, now these gifts uh, are given by Christ to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ to build up the church. Ultimately, it's all about building up the church. And that includes being, I mean, a major part of the church is to reach those who don't know Jesus, to express his love. So when we're talking about building the church, we're not just saying, let's build up the building, let's make it all good in here, and uh, we're not heading down to the community. We're talking about being a light, right? Being uh, a resource to the city, being right there when they need us, right? Building the church. That's what building the church is all about. So God gives us, really, what this is about is leadership. He gives us a structure. And we know that. And it's pastors. It's teachers. And there's, there's names. Pastor Glenn and Pastor Debbie and Pastor Jordan and Pastor Nate, Pastor Joyce Lee and Pastor Corey and others who are a part of the team. But here's where, the, here's where the, the beginning part of this message comes into play again. So we talked about the conflict that comes between us kind of with the gifts. Conflict's not a bad word. You don't get anything good without conflict. It doesn't happen. Try to learn how to play an instrument. You'll be really bad at first. That's conflict. It's a form of conflict. I can't, you can't learn without failing. Conflict's not a bad thing. So then we have these, uh, this other set of gifts, and then there comes a challenge. The challenge, the opportunity that's presented to us is Will we give deference to the leadership systems that God has given us as we come into the church? Well, what do you mean by that, Paul? Well, this is what I mean. You've got these gifts and talents and abilities. You might be a CFO. 
You might be a doctor. You might be a professor. You might be a bus driver. You might have all these different expertise. You might be a nurse. And you have these expertise in the day-to-day life that you live in. But here's the beautiful thing, I believe, about the church, is that when we come to the church, we all come just as we are. And we are all then the same, right? We're all then the same in God's eyes, right? We're all the same. As we come to Jesus, we are the same. So when we come into his body, irrespective of what we are and how we live out life, we come together the same. Are you with me? Equal. The church is an amazing demonstration in this time, and it's so important in this day and age, of equality. The church is a beautiful example that we've not lived it out right, always, but Jesus set it up to be so. Regardless of your gender, regardless of what your family makeup is, you come into the body of Christ equal. And so here, what happens is God gives us leaders. And no matter what we bring to the table, we equally give deference to the leadership that God has given us. You may have expertise and abilities, and and as you come into the kingdom, you leverage those and use them and you submit them to God. But the equality that he has given us really, I believe, is linked to that ability to be humble. It was laid out in that first verse. And And it can be summed up in giving deference to one another at times in conflict, but then to the leaders that God has given us. You see, sometimes things don't make sense to us naturally. Sometimes we might read through the instructions and get to the thing, and we got it, we, we got it, we're building it. We know how to build this thing. And then you realize, well, I put the wrong shelf in here, even though it looked right, but then now I got to stick these other, th- if I had read the, really read the instructions. And along comes, like, the still small voice that says, actually, um, do you think maybe you want to use this? And I'm looking at my daughter, like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You're seven, you don't know what you're talking about. And then she's 100% right. And so our attitude can be, hey, wait a second, I know. I've been, I've been in faith longer. I've journeyed with Christ longer. So how, are, how is this person going to tell me? But God has called us to the household of faith. And it doesn't work like it works out there. It works the way he has laid it out in his word to us. The way he's laid it out in the instructions. Give deference to. You can't be equipped. You can't be coached. You can't be built up the words used in this verse, unless you give deference to the person who's trying to equip you, who's trying to coach you, who's trying to build you up. And the faster we embrace that and understand that that doesn't have anything to do with our personal worth or identity, the faster we will see the church come together and be all that it can be. So the third point there is God gives gifts to the church, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers. He gives us leaders to help equip us and get us to where we need to be. Just a couple more thoughts as Nathan comes back, and we're going to pray here in a moment. Why, why are we doing all of this? So why is the church set in motion? We find out here in Ephesians 4.15, Paul talks about speaking the truth in love. And he says, instead, we will speak the truth in love. He precedes these verses by saying, rather than being immature, rather than not being built up in truth and knowledge. Nate, when you guys come back, just totally start to play and... Do your thing. We, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the local church. And then it says this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. As each part does its own special work. We're talking about home improvement. 
We're talking about renovations. Actually, it's beautiful that they're actually happening too. It's a wonderful thing to see though, right? Because you're reminded when you come in here and you need to go to the bathroom, wait a second, things are changing. I know it's silly, but just let your heart be open up for a second. There's a, you guys have an actual physical demonstration of what you're talking about on Sunday mornings, and that's a great thing. There's change, renewal, breakthrough. But it happens when we come together. If the team didn't come together to do what's being done down there, it wouldn't happen. Same for the body of Christ. This church wants to reach and will Halifax in greater and greater ways. You already are. Greater and greater ways. Something that I believe will go beyond this city and beyond this province, maybe even to this nation, maybe beyond that to the world. There's something amazing and unique happening here, and it will happen more and more and more and faster and faster as we come together doing our own special work for the body together. As each part does its own special work, this is Paul's words, not mine. This is the Bible. It helps the other parts grow. You see, you figuring out what your gifts and talents are, you moving beyond whatever's holding you back today to use what God has sown and given into your life, you uh, getting over the idea that, hey, you know what, I'm well-educated. I've got, I've got assets and my asset list might be longer than your asset list. You surrendering that and letting that go to say, no, but I give deference to you, brother or sister, because I can learn from what God has done in your life. You doing that helps the church grow. See, it's the economy of God. Things are never the way they are in the world, right? The first shall be last. The last shall be first. You give and then you will receive. And it's the same thing here. We want to see the church grow. We want to grow in God. Then we get over ourselves and find the, 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 the courage to be who he's called us to be. And then all of a sudden, other people grow. It's just the kingdom. We reach out and G-Rock does its thing and we see communities start to change. And then over here, we see growth in some other, what we think is unrelated area. It's the kingdom of God. It's how it's meant to work. Each part doing their own special work. In the end, God is about building his house. You know, Isabel and I, when we were doing the shelf thing, you know, the Ikea thing, she was really wanting to, to build this, you know, stuff. We were setting it up in the apartment. She just wanted to build it, and she's after me today. And she's such a helper, wants to help. And so, uh, you know, I thought, okay, we'll do this. And here I, I was thinking, like, as, as we would do, uh, you know, goodness, it's going to be a bit of a thing, you know, like getting, I could probably just build it faster if I did it on my own. And uh, so we get going with that, and, and then I realized, no, she can do this better than me. And it is really funny, because, you know, I'm horrible at building things, but she can do it better than me. And so I got her going, and then she built this whole, like, kid storage shelf thing on her own. She's seven, and, and I mean, it's not a big deal, but there's, there's a spiritual truth there, a discipleship principle, which is, you know, we got to get out of the way and, and let, I had to get out of the way and let her do it. And then you know what happened is there was like four other things to build, and I didn't build any of them. I unpacked them with her. I helped her kind of with the heavy parts, and she did like all this stuff, and I was rejoicing because I hate Ikea, I'm just saying don't like doing it. And the, the, the dividend, the benefit for the household was we got all the stuff done and my wife was happy because everything's organized in here. But if I had like, hear me now, if I had just gone with my attitude, which was I can do this better and faster, 
would have missed out. It's the same for you guys. It's the same for us, all of us, me, when I'm a part of the local church. It's the same. You see, sometimes we think, I've, I've journeyed in the faith longer than you, so I really know better. Uh, I know I'm being a little bit annoying, guys, today. I'm pushing on you a bit, but I, I'm a, I'm a, I've got my PhD. I'm a professor. I'm a lawyer. I know better. I'm a build, I know how to build that stuff, guys. You know what? I know how to do this. This is what I do day in and day out. And we don't want to give deference to each other at times. But God has called us, each of us, to use our special gifts. So the challenge today is, and I want to pray with you as you stand. Stand with me, please. Just as we begin to worship. The challenge is simply this then. Will you step up, heads bowed, eyes closed, just for a moment? We're going to worship here in a couple minutes. But hear me. Will you have the courage as you give privacy to those around you, heads bowed, eyes closed? Just a moment for you and the Lord. Two questions today. Will you have the courage to really get in touch with who you are and flow with those gifts and talents and callings, those dreams that are in your heart that you've been maybe afraid of to step out in and really own because you've justified yourself through your career and through these other things, but deep down you know, I've got a gift to do blank, whatever it is. Will you, this is the first challenge, will you have the courage to today to, to say to the Lord, God, I am open to just to doing what you've called me to do in terms of the context of the church. Maybe that means I need to relinquish a little bit of what I do in the day-to-day, -day, or maybe it means I need to leverage it for the kingdom and submit it and give deference to those who are coaching me to say, use, use this however you want. That's the first challenge. The second challenge this morning is maybe uh, you've been a part of the household of faith for a long time, but you recognize as we're chatting today and talking and working through this passage that maybe you really haven't given deference to one another. Maybe, maybe it's between yourself and maybe I haven't really released myself to be um, teachable, to really jump on board with the team, to hear the words and or what the leaders are saying, or pastors, maybe I, I need to do a better job that way, Lord. I sense that, or I feel that. Or maybe between myself and others here in this local body, God, maybe there's conflict, and I recognize that today, Lord, and I need to surrender that to you. Two challenges today. One, to have the courage to step out in the special gifts God has given you. And two, maybe I need to give deference by being a little more humble by being a little more teachable. If you fall into any either two of those categories, I just want to invite you right now just to raise your hand up to the Lord is really what you're doing, but I want to be able to pray for you this morning. We want to pray together in agreement. God, I need to surrender my gifts and talents. Lord, I need to surrender my heart, my tongue, and just say, listen, I will go where you point me. Pastor Glenn, Pastor Debbie, Pastor Nate, whatever whatever you guys see, leadership team, I want to do what, you're, what, what needs to be done. Just, just point me in the right direction. Very simply, we just want to pray for you, Lord. I thank you that your spirit is here. We already heard this morning a word about breakthrough. And Lord, I believe that this is a part of that, that when we come together, God, with our gifts and talents and as one, Lord, when we come together united but diverse, Lord, when we come together submitting to you and submitting to the leaders, the gifts that you've given to the church, there is no limit to what you can do, God. And so, Lord, you see the hands raised today. You see the hearts. And so, Lord, I pray for those today who have gifts and talents that have remained a little bit dormant because of fear 
or God, because of past experiences or challenges or abuse even or whatever, God, Lord, I just pray for freedom today in the name of Jesus, God. I pray for courage, Lord. I pray for encouragement, God. I pray for the grace to do what they've been called to do, Lord. I pray for a supernatural empowerment from your spirit right now, Lord, that would break people out of the way that they have done things and bring them into a new, fresh day of doing what you've called them to do, of rolling with the gifts that you have sown into their lives, Lord. And very quickly, God, I pray for the others, Lord, here today who recognize there is room and space to give a little more deference, to to be a little more teachable, to be a little bit more of a, a family or a team player, God. Lord, I just pray that you would overwhelm those individuals with your love right now, the warmth of your presence and spirit, that, God, you would do something great in their hearts. Give them the capacity, Lord, to recognize giving deference is worship, costly worship to you, God. And thirdly today, Lord, I just pray for anyone in this room who's here today and and maybe has either sort of gotten disconnected from their walk with you or doesn't really know much about you, God, but, but they're here and there's something tugging on their heart. If that's you today, I'm praying for you. And Lord, I pray for those individuals that they would be drawn closer to you through your son, Jesus. Lord, right now, anyone in this room who sort of walked away from God, or, or maybe you're here today and just want to know more about him, and you're saying, yes, I don't know much about this, but, but I want more of it. I just encourage you today just to open up your heart to Jesus. The Bible just requires of us that we believe, and so, Lord, I pray for each of those people that the word of God that has gotten into their hearts today would find good ground, and it would grow, and it would increase. Lord, as we worship you in these moments, come and move among us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church, as you worship this morning. Let's just allow God's presence to come and move in our hearts.